GameZillaMedia.com. Video game makers believe that their products are starting to attract a whole new market. The voice of the gaming generation. The competition in this industry is so fierce, but we did manage to get a glimpse into the future. Real gaming opinions. The obvious question is, of course, how long will this smashing success last for video games? The last line of the best and major gaming news. The GameZilla Podcast. Look, that comes one of them now. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your remote host, Grimlock the Dino, and with me at his own private studio in the Bahamas, Butterboy! You know, me and Jay Cutler, we're hanging out in the Bahamas, stranded here. Um, <laughs> it's cool It's cool to hang out with my man. He threw, threw a few passes to me. Obviously, they weren't good. They weren't anywhere near me. It was no reflection of my ability to catch balls. Uh, but, uh, you know, hey, I'm making the best of being here in the Bahamas, not my house in Michigan for anyone that's listening to the audio. <laughs> if you're looking on the video, you'll see that uh, I am so wealthy, I have completely recreated my living room in the Bahamas. That's right. And then, of course, our video producer who has put the show together remotely and then lets me control it all. <laughs> Player one, Miggy. I'm freaking out right now because you have all this control. I, I'm, I'm freaking out. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Welcome to episode 307 of the Games Little Podcast brought to you by our patrons. <laughs> You've never said welcome more like a madman in your life. You're like, welcome. Like, they are going to get murdered while they listen to this show. It's guaranteed. I got the energy today. I I can guarantee you at least a little more safety uh, from Grimm's devious, murderous ways if you're a patron. So thank you so much to our supporters at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Uh, if you if you go there, you can financially contribute and support the GameZilla Media Network. And for just $1 per month, that's where your patronage can start, give you exclusive access to uh, the, the State of the Zilla show, where it's a collaboration across different podcast hosts across the GameZilla Media Network to talk about subjects that don't normally get ta- covered on any of the GameZilla Media shows. And then there is the $5 exclusive content level where every show on the GameZilla Media Network will produce and post a podcast there exclusive. You can't listen to it on Spotify or iTunes or anywhere else. It's only for our patrons at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media, including must or bust that we recorded uh just uh, moments ago and it gives you your guide to the releases for the month of april telling you what games you consider picking up and which ones you should pass on it's must or bust and it's a game it's a gamezilla patreon exclusive so please support gamezilla today yeah yeah and thanks to all of our patrons. Uh, we are live on Mixer.com slash GameZilla Media every Monday night, 7.30 p.m. And you can, you can find us there. Hit that follow button. Um, we are doing this show remotely. So, again, this is our... God, I've, I've lost track. What, how many shows have we done remotely? Three? Four? Hundredth? I don't even know what the outside looks I'm, like anymore. I'm not sure how long I've been in here. Yeah. My dog speaks Japanese now. That's normal, right? <laughs> Your dog has always spoke Japanese. You just wouldn't listen. Mm, okay. All right. Yeah. So cool. Um, but no, anyways, we've been doing this remotely so that we can keep the show going. Uh, we've been, we're, we're lucky enough to have the, uh, the equipment at each other's uh, you know, locations to be able to do this at a high level so that we can keep the games little podcast uh, delivering to you. So please 
If you enjoy this show, if you are enjoying it even more because you're stuck at home, consider that $1 that helps us so much. That $1, $5, whatever it is that you can that you can contribute, it helps us a ton. And uh, become a patron and get that extra content that we're still producing as well. And uh, like the muster bus that we, uh, that we did just uh, before this show. So, all right. We got some news to talk about, and I want to get into that right now. So, Deadite, let's get into the news. News, 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 news. Yeah. <laughs> Topic number one. <laughs> Deadite, never do that again. Topic number two. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Topic number one is uh, Dead Eye actually picked this one, so I'm going to let him talk about it mostly. But I'll give you the headline in television is making some waves with the new Amico Council. It is console, console. It is going to be the best system for next gen. No one's going to touch this thing. Dead Eye's excited. He pre-ordered ten thousand units. Someone had to. <laughs> <laughs> Take it away, man. What? Why are we talking about in television? For the love of God. So, uh, if if you've listened to the Gamezilla podcast for a couple of years, if you hang out in your Discord, you know I have some sort of weird fascination with these companies trying to resurrect their brand in the in the way of producing new hardware. Um, we talk about what was like the retro VGS that turned into the uh, Coleco Chameleon that crashed and burned uh you we know i'm crazy obsessed with just learning as much and following the roller coaster drama that is the atari vcs that's probably not real or ever gonna happen uh and i've been on this uh in television amico since it was announced um for people who don't know the intellivision uh, amico is a uh, a new video game console that's being created by intellivision which was a uh, you know a company was prominent in the era of the atari 2600 a competitor to that um and you know they announced this a year and a half ago or so it started i think on kickstarter or it's been out there and it's really interesting because one of the defining features of the original intellivision is the stupidest controller ever it had like a circle a circle uh button on the bottom that like, you could spin in like a dial and it was also a clickable button i believe um and then it had like a, a number pad with like a like a nine digit number pad that you could put different overlays on top of it and do different stuff you know for the games i have an intellivision in the basement i should have brought it up for the segment listen listen it may be a interesting controller but there's no way it is stupider than the steam controller it mm. is the, the original Intellivision commercial Steam controller. No way. This you talking about the Steam controller with like the two touch pads? Yeah, I own one. Yeah, do, it, do you own no, one? No, the original, because the Intellivision works better than that. No, <sighs> fine. It might. You it know might what? Work better. But you know what? It's when dumber. we finally get to hang out again, you get to play a game live for the people here on Mixer.com/slash/GamesLittleMedia. And you can only use that controller. And you don't even get to use the joystick on the left side. You have to use the touch-sensitive pads that are better than joysticks. Deal. Sign me up. Good. 
Well, one of the when the uh, Intellivision Amico was announced, uh, one of the first things that they showed off was the new controller, which is a dial circular button on the bottom and then no nine digit number pad instead of full touch screen that serves the purpose that the that the uh, number pad would have. So, yeah, it's an updated take on on the classic system. But my first thought looking at this, I go, who wants to play video games with that controller? We've had an establishment of how controllers should be built uh, evolving for 30 years now. Grim, you do not want to play using the Intellivision controller. Did you you pre-order one of these? No, you took all 10,000 of them, man. You're right. You're right. <clears throat> no, I did not. Three. How much are these? Aren't they expensive? I'll I'll get to that in a moment. Okay. I'll get, let, I, let me I, I did not, I did not pre-order one, but I will say that I do enjoy trying interesting input devices. How about that? Okay? So, like, I don't believe that a traditional controller, okay, as much as I love, say, the Elite Series 2 controller for the Xbox, I don't believe this is the end-all, be-all for input devices when it comes to gaming or, or anything else. So for me, yes, I will play a video game with my favorite controller that I currently own and, and one of my favorites of all time. But I do believe that innovation is important. And I think... Sony, we don't know 100%, but Sony and Xbox do not seem to be innovating this next generation. So places like Nintendo, where we like to look, and their Joy-Cons and the things they've done, um, or in television, who wants to go out there and try to reinvent the wheel, it's always interesting, and I always do want to try it to see if maybe there's at least an aspect of it that could be the next big thing. I have a challenge for you. Um, if you want to try with new controllers and try unique control schemes, uh, I one time played Sonic the Hedgehog on an Apple TV using an Apple TV remote. So if you want to try unique control schemes, why don't you give that but a try and tell a, me how great We're talking is. about a new system that has a new dedicated controller to it. We're not talking about you making poor decisions on a device that was designed to cast TV shows and you I played a, a video game on it. <laughs> I was at a party. It was bought while I was at the party and it was handed to me and told me I was told to play. <laughs> oh, but, but okay. So... That that's that's some of the the base information we know about this system. Uh, all titles that are available for download on the the Amico are going to range from two to eight dollars or two to ten dollars. Uh, they all have to have a certain amount of they have to be an exclusive version. Um, so it, it can't be a direct port. If it is a game that that exists on another system, it does need to have some sort of unique aspect about it, be it additional content or or something to make it exclusive to the Amico. So I find that appealing that all the software is very affordable. This is marketed at a fam uh, as a family uh, friendly, fun, easy to pick up and play game system. I was very interested when that got announced because I could overlook, okay, unique control. I'm probably not going to like that controller. But again, if you're going for trying to put something in a kid's hand and an old lady's hand and, you know, just bring the family together around a TV to play these games, great. 
The problem is, and, and here's why I want to talk about this today, that I, I'm amazed that 10,000 people have pre-ordered the VIP edition of this. Grim, what do you think an acceptable price for the Intellivision Amico would be? $99.99. $99.99 for a thing that looks like it plays a lot of ports of mobile games, classic uh, late 70s, early 80s style arcade games. I think 100 bucks um, because you think of like a, a Roku yeah. or something like a little like cash box. Like, I don't know. Yeah, sure. Especially for a company that's like trying to get back into the industry on a hardware side, you gotta, you can't, you can't yeah. come in big boy. You can't, you can't wear the big boy pants yet. Okay. You can't hundred, hundred dollars is, is, is enticing the whole time that this was. Oh yeah. hundred bucks. Pretty cool. I, I could be interested in it again, just some basic software, something fun. I, I'm always looking for the, the video game system to hook up at uh, my grandma's uh, lake house, you know, just something that, you know, can hand it over to my uncle, hand it to like nieces and nephews, that kind of stuff. Um, what is, crazy about this is the the pre-order for the the vip pre-sale here for the base black and white version is 250 dollars does that wait 250 dollars 250 dollars is how much it costs to pre-order an intellivision amico Oh, well, I'm getting this over a switch. Let's go. What what does that include? That's not just for the system, is it? Uh the like VIP that's a bundle. edition. Uh it will give you. So with with it you get two controllers which are standard. Any version of this that you buy, you're going to get the two controllers again. Full touchscreen. I think that's one of the reasons that it's expensive you have a touchscreen on the controller. Um that comes with six games, which again, some of these launch games are like Brick Break and Missile Command and that kind of stuff. Nothing wrong with Brick Break or Missile Command, so watch your tone. You're right, you're right. Six games. Um, again, the max value of that would be $60, roughly, but <laughs> odds are it's more like $12 worth of games. A $25 gift card for more games. Uh, and a uh, 3D... Uh, autographed card by the designer of the system i believe uh, yep okay so so now we're talking 225 because we take that 25 dollar credit okay and then yep. let's say let's just give those six games 25 dollar value so now let's just say it's 200 and then yep. let's just say we tell them to keep the autograph okay i don't know what they're valuing that at but it, i don't want it it should be a nickel. Yeah, and you're still at $200, which I could go buy a Switch Lite for. Correct. Or have a really good down payment on a PS5 or an Xbox Series X. Well, that's also part of this is this launches October 10th of 2020. So it's right in the neighborhood of the PlayStation, the assumed PlayStation <laughs> Five and, and Xbox uh, this Series thing is X. So launch. dead. You want to know? Okay, so I think you asked the question. But ten thousand people already bought it. You want to know why? Because those ten, like first of all, ten thousand people in the grand scheme of system sales is not a lot, in my opinion. But correct. But could you believe there are ten thousand people that want to at least say they own one of these? Because they I know mean, I, they know this thing is going to die so fast that they're like, if I don't do this 
this Kickstarter or whatever, or whatever the hell this thing's on, and and I don't pre-order it like this, I'll never see these on store shelves. I'll never see them available, because I mean, you're too close to potential Xbox and PlayStation releases, and of a brand new generation, which is going to be so hard to con compete with. You need it to be more like Nintendo. And I know Nintendo did it out of desperation with the failure of the Wii U, but you needed to be more like them and say, here it is in March <laughs> and just get yeah. it out there. Just get it out there and be like, all right, cool. Here it is. Um, hopefully we sell, you know, a decent amount of them. And then that way by the holidays, there's a, hopefully a little bit of, if, if it's decent or good, there's a little bit of buzz about your system versus competing directly with a brand new system within like a 30 to 60 day window is that's not good. That's not good at all. Can, can I tell you something interesting that's here in our article that I've been basing this information off of from venturebeat.com major retailers have also placed purchase orders for more than 100,000 retail units, according to the head of this project. I mean the numbers. The number seems small to me, like when you think about it that way. Um, but I mean, as a company goes, I mean, GameStop makes bad decisions. It probably bought a hundred thousand of them. It's, it just seems crazy to me because when they announced, oh, this is this would be a cool hundred dollar piece of hardware. Because I I I see the need within the gaming space for that very easy, very affordable, you know, software's cheap family, family-based system. That's the reason the tablet, like people play video games on tablets is because the games are cheap or free. They're simple. You can, you can see someone who's 90 years old playing bejeweled and you can see a little kid playing hungry shark or whatever, you know, like the, the, the market for that sort of thing in simple, easy to play games exists. And I understand the, you can't hand everyone an Xbox controller and then understand how to play a game. And that's where the appeal of this weird Amico controller comes in. That's not appeal what? for this. That's an appeal for an iPad, an iPhone, an Android device. Those, those, the industry and the devices already exist for those ports and those mobile games and those fun family things. They already exist. You can hand a kid that is younger then it, any generation, a smartphone, and they know it. They know, they mimic the movements. You, they know the device. You can't hand them some weird touchscreen with a wheel on it and say, okay, play the same game that you could play on your iPhone. It only costs you $250 to do that when you already can play it most of the time for free on your mobile phone. So I just feel like this is a market that it's already a saturated market and you, we don't need this. And the only thing they had going for them is their name. And then old people or older people just having those memories, just, just remembering in television and being like, and the controller kind of looks similar with newer, just newer tech on it. So I want that. That's the sales they are going to get. And those are going to be limited at, you know, very limited. So like to me, this is just a bad move. And I said the same thing about Atari is that you're not going to tap into the current market. You're not going to tap into being a device that people are like, yeah, that's where I want to play hungry shark. 
you're not going to do it. So unless you're reinventing the Missile Commands and the Centipedes and all these games that, that people knew of because of your devices back in the day, that's what's going to grab attention. And then who's developing those? Because in this day and age, a developer does not need another platform that has no traction. And that's the problem is that unless you're open source and you're giving people the ability to throw your games out there for little to nothing and, and, and somehow built a incredible um, platform where there's no code altering and no adjustments that need to be made for your weird-ass controller, um, I, as me as a developer doesn't see any benefit to even building something for your system unless you're going to pay me to build something for your system. That's the problem here. For sure. Can can I? Uh, I just look something up here. I want to. I put it into perspective, and it, it's. I I cannot get over the two hundred fifty dollars price tag. It's blowing my mind. The I just want to thank everybody. I want to thank everybody in Mixer right now. They're they're all showing us love live. Mixer.com slash Games Media. They're really enjoying this topic. Glad. I'm glad. The Ouya, which was. Very, had a lot of hype around it back in 2012. That launched at $100. And the Ouya was very... It was a different world when that launched. And it had a lot of hype around it because it was open source. And they were offering developers all this money. Develop for Ouya first, and we'll pay half of all your bills. Like, they had all this stuff in place to try to generate traction. And they failed. It, it just seems like I, I just can't understand why you would pay that money for this platform when you can spend a, cu a couple more dollars and have a full-fledged Switch, spend less money and have a Switch Lite. You can buy an Xbox One X. You can buy a PlayStation 4 for less money than this cost. It, it just doesn't make sense to me. It, it's different. And I really wanted to be excited about this product. And I wanted to walk into a target and see one of these for a hundred bucks and think with the stimulus money, the government's given me, I'm going to go ahead and buy this and hook it up at the TV and play video games with my grandma. But no, not in, I I'm, I feel like I'm spiraling and just going down the same road. So I'm a little mind blown. I don't know if there's too much more we need to say for this, but I, I want this to be successful. I just cannot imagine uh, it being that at the price point. I can simply say that we watched as the smart, the smart device, the smartphone we'll start with before even tablets were a thing, come into a market and almost destroy handheld gaming. And we watched handheld gaming come back. Okay, but we watched as Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo battle the big three. Right, they battle always. We got and then you got you, know, you throw PC into it, and you got Steam and Epic Games and and some other guys, but some of the big boys right there doing the whole PC thing. Okay, we have not seen another into another player into this industry besides the mobile world, which is controlled by Apple. And Google, right? Android. So those two found a found a way 
to make casual gaming important within the smart device. They still have not been able to fully integrate gaming at hardcore levels, and we're just seeing it last year and this year with gaming phones by Razer, by Asus, by all these companies, and and trying to build into a more, I don't know, um, full-fledged gaming device, full-fledged games within there when we've seen Apple Arcade and all these things kind of launch. But in the end, Sega left... They didn't try to come back. They they because they know they know they can't. There is no room, in my opinion. There's no room for someone like Intellivision, Atari, Panasonic. I don't you know, I don't care. Philips, I don't any of these companies that at one point made a device and had somewhat of a what they consider success, because they've never been I mean, besides Sega, none of those well, no, I take that back. Besides those couple that we rambled off, minus Philips and Panasonic, um, they were important within the gaming industry at one point, but they're gone and they're and they're irrelevant at this point. And to come back with an expensive device and just think you're going to walk back in the doors and meet and matter again is is idiotic. It's 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 almost like you look at these people and you go, how can you actually think that's going to work? When all you're talking about doing is porting stuff that other people have already. Like, what is truly unique about your system? What is truly... You're going to have Earthworm Jim? Earthworm Jim for six months. What is truly your special situation that makes it important? Like, example, we all thought Nintendo was dead. We all thought, what the hell is Nintendo going to do? They took home and portable and they created a hybrid that we had never seen before. We were promised with the Vita. We had been promised before and never delivered. Nintendo delivered it. They created a whole new level within the industry that we had never had before that changed the way we game. And that's why Nintendo is better than ever, is doing amazing right now. And, we, and we've all forgotten about the fact that we were like, oh boy. We might only have two after this. Could we see Nintendo go the way of Sega? I mean, that was a realistic conversation we had years ago. So Just three years ago. Yeah. So for me, I don't care what your name is. I don't care if it's Sega. I don't care if it's Atari and Intellivision who's actually trying to do it right now. You got to come out and explain to us why your device is actually, actually matters in a world that is so saturated with devices and software that's that that in a world now where many things are cross-platform cross-play cross-save cloud-based all this crap so even if you want to try to tie down exclusive stuff that's going to annoy people too so you got a battle that unfortunately is a double-edged sword that you're going to have to be even more careful about so i don't know 250 dollars is insane i thought the atari you know the atari uh, talks were insane with their price points and um, I don't know. Did you, did you hear the recent news about the Atari? By the way, that the guy, no. the guy that designed the hardware, that designed the like the actual look of the hardware, has not been paid. <laughs> oh man! They haven't even paid the guy that actually made the Atari v- VCS look the way it looks. Oh, so for me, like these these companies are they're they're trying they're sw- I don't know they're swinging for the fences and they're basically saying. 
We got here's what we got in the bank. We're putting it all on the table and we're taking one swing at this. And and then they're gonna it's just gonna crumble and you know, we're we're gonna have, like you said, a whole nother Ouya situation just sitting around where these stores that did make the mistake of buying these are gonna be sitting on a clearance rack somewhere, and that's when you're gonna buy one uh and have fun with it when it's fifty bucks or less. For sure. I'd scoop one for fifty bucks. Yeah. I own a Virtual Boy because I bought it for Toys R Us when it was dead, and that's a Nintendo brand. Like, like that. Like, yeah, you're right. I would because we are collectors and and we do like to see, we do like to have those pieces in our in our collection, and they are still cool and they are still interesting, but they're not realistic, and that's the problem. All right. Good topic though. When you when you called that one out at first, I was like, why the hell are we going to talk about this thing? But then the more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, you know what? It is just wild what they think they're trying to do, what they think they're going to do. So I am always trying to shoehorn these these topics into the show, and it's always like, we're not talking about that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right, topic number two. Uh, the Last of Us Part Two delayed indefinitely due to COVID-19. No! This was a big blow for everybody. Um, who has been looking forward to this game and already been delayed once um, due to just needing more time to create, to polish and fix some bugs and all that type of stuff. But Sony announced on Thursday that it has delayed Naughty Dog's Last of Us Part Two until further notice. That is the current status. They don't have a date. Uh, because of COVID-19 pandemic, um, it was originally supposed to release May 29th. So we... Um, Logistically, the global crisis is preventing Sony from providing launch experience uh, that the players deserve. So that that is their their big move. They've also delayed pretty much anything else they're working on. So they mentioned Iron Man VR uh, as another one that was supposed to come out around this time, which is you know if you care or don't care about it, it's one of the bigger VR experiences that were supposed to come out in 2020, uh, especially for PlayStation VR. Um, that's unfortunate. So that is um, that's where we're at right now. They they face the reality that due to the logistics beyond their control, they couldn't launch um, launch the Last of Us Part Two or Iron Man VR. Um, we want to make sure everyone gets to play the Last of Us Part Two around the same time, ensuring that we are doing everything possible to preserve the best experience for everyone. This meant delaying the game until such a time where we can solve these logistic issues. This is a direct response or a direct like quote for, hey, not everybody has internet that's capable of downloading this game digitally. Not everybody believes in fully digital games and physical physical games as far as shipments, as far as production, as far as all that stuff. We are not going to be able to get this done. Uh, not even counting the, the multiple collector's editions that they decided to uh, launch with this game. So. You know, they're hoping it won't be a long delay and they're day by day. They're analyzing this and trying to uh, check it out because, you know, as GameStop would call it, it's a fluid situation. So day by day, we got to figure things out. But no, they are. They're analyzing it day by day and um, figuring out when hopefully they can put a date out there for people to start to get excited about and, and be be positive about this is no by no means anything that naughty dog did wrong it's sony didn't do anything wrong this is this is a situation this is the world we live in right now and they and i think it's a good move in the sense that yeah i could have played it 
May 29th digitally, and then Miggy, who wanted the physical edition, could have been stuck waiting a month to get their game because of just issues with quarantining uh, product, and and then and just. Overall, we have, um, I mean, here in the United States, we have the United States Postal Service that are starting to uh, get a little bit um, concerned with working conditions and they want hazard pay. And there's there's been some of that talk about strike or, um, you know, sit in strike and things like that. So there's a there's a lot of logistics that they're that they're worried about. And it makes sense that they delayed it. In my opinion. Thoughts, Miggy? I agree. Deadite? I mean, I, I agree. Delays happen. Everything's getting postponed. Everything's going to get getting canceled. And uh, as much as it's one of those things that's like, I don't know, you, you want you want there for people. If I bought the collector's edition, I I don't I don't want to feel tempted to have to also buy it digitally just so I can play it when it comes out and then have to, then have to wait and pay, pay twice as much. It just seems like it's the right thing to do to just push the release out of the game a little bit longer. And, you know, like we're, we're all, we're all dealing with stuff. Things are going on in the world right now that are important than video games. And unfortunately it's just kind of one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It sucks, but um, yeah, do what you gotta do. Protect your people. Uh, make sure that, you know, everyone stays safe. Um, you know, games will be here, you know, you know, we, we can't be replaced, but games can. So, yeah, it'll get here. It'll be great. Everyone, you know, that's a fan of the series will, will love it. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully that's, that's the case. And there's not more underlying reasons and there, and I, I, the last the thing I just don't want to see is that Sony or Naughty Dog or somebody like that is using this as like a scapegoat. And they're trying, you know, they, they found more problems than they thought they had. And, you know, the games, when it does come out, it's still going to have problems. Like, you got more time now. You know, your your uh, studios are re- working remotely. So this just gives you even more time to just clean it up, polish it, and get ready to release what I hope is, for all the fans out there, the best game that Naughty Dog has ever delivered. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you got. You got the time. Use it, right? So give us that swan song for the PS4. Yeah. So, and, and maybe because of this, right. When you do give that new date of, let's just say it turns into an August release date. You can then also follow it up with not only do we have this information for you, but here's what we're doing for next gen, which they hadn't been really discussing with us. So is that something where now we get that full picture and we can make a make an educated decision on do I buy it in August or do I wait till October or, or what do I do? Um, you know, obviously, hardcore fans are going to buy it the second they can get it. But for someone like me, maybe it's something that I wait for and it becomes a day one PS5 buy for me. Um, so that way, that's where I experience the game. So we'll see. But it's unfortunate when we've seen COVID-19 just crippling so many things. Um, this isn't a surprise, but it was big news and we wanted to cover it. And uh, yeah, I mean, for everyone that's really upset about Iron Man VR, I'm sorry. Both of you are very sad. The two people that were excited <laughs> for that game. But all right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Miggy, but I forgot to use all of his, his art assets uh, through this whole thing. 
Hey, Miggy. Uh, I was told not to, but Grim totally forgot to use all of your art assets through this thing. So yeah, I'm totally tattling. It's like it's like week like one week I do great, the next week I miss it all, and the next week I do great. So three episode three hundred eight, I'll be on fire. Yeah, I mean that's just I don't even I'm not even every other week, in, like yeah. maybe once every. Yeah, let me so. let, let me uh, let me let me go ahead and and just flash the. Uh, so if you're watching this live, there's the Amico. There's a, a beautiful picture of that. That thing looks really weird. And then um, there's some The Last of Us Part Two, and Grim, you uh, probably play the Amico more than you play your PlayStation for a week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for that first week where I'm like, this thing's weird, and then I'd be like, all right, cool, I'm going back to what you know to what I like. But um, I'll sell you one of my pre-orders. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. You you have a few, but uh, yeah. So, anyways, it's time for Zillabytes. And I am using that that uh, artwork. So there we go. I'm back on. I'm back on track. Whew. Okay. Glad we got that figured out. Anyway, Zillabytes is our segment where we talk about a few news topics in a smaller form. Uh, today we're going to talk about the announcement that Minecraft Dungeons is getting an official release date of May 26th. And that will be available on Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Xbox Game Pass on that day. So, uh, this is cool. I mean, you can already go on game pass and pre download the game. Um, and this is, we've talked about this game being exciting and we knew that it was coming up here, but we only kind of had like that, that month or that, uh, you know, springtime release. Now we know it's May 26th and this is the, uh, spinoff of the popular crafting game, Minecraft. So, uh, but it'll be more of that, you know, Diablo three dungeon crawling, uh, style game. This is really cool. I'm excited for this game, actually. So, Miggy, you're the Minecraft guy. You got anything to say? Hello. Yep, I'm excited to to dive into it. Um, and I'm excited that you're excited, Grim. Uh, uh I you know hopefully look look forward to getting in at least a couple of sessions in with you before you decide that you're tired of looking at the aesthetics and you're going to put it down forever. <laughs> yeah well i don't know i i feel like this one might this might hold my attention a little bit more because uh i don't know we'll see we'll see you might be right you might be right so uh, this was initially being targeted towards april uh but because of the uh, COVID 19 they're looking at later in may so but yeah um, unlike RPG dungeon crawlers, Minecraft Dungeons doesn't have a class system, so players can use any item or equipment regardless of their chosen profession. Minecraft Dungeons also supports both local and online co-op for up to four players. So, uh, pretty cool. And the company also said that there will be additional content coming down the pipeline, including two upcoming DLC packs, which are included in the Hero Edition, and potential cross-platform co-op between Xbox One and other consoles, which is also a big selling point. Obviously, Minecraft already already doing that. Uh, now, Minecraft Dungeons is also advertising it. So, someone that might get it on the Switch, like Deadite, could also join in our sessions if we're playing on Xbox. Man, I'm not really a dungeon crawler guy or a Minecraft guy, so seems... Yeah, but you're also not an Xbox guy, and you're about to change your name to Butterboy and own an Xbox, so... Really, there's what you're telling me is that anything is possible with you. <laughs> you you if got you me. Sell out hard enough, you will do anything. 
Got Listen, it. I will sell out pretty much at any opportunity available. And I made that very clear um, when I was in college. And, you know, everyone, I worked at a college radio station. Everyone was all about like public radio and stuff. I was like, I want to work for the biggest company that will pay me the most money and I'll be whoever they want me to be. <laughs> Same thing right. here. Uh, next, next Zillabyte is a E3 2021 has been scheduled for June. Uh, between June 15th to the 17th of 2021 with the uh, advertisement of, with no no explanation, but advertised as reimagined, reimagined E3. So obviously E3 was canceled due to COVID-19, but before that you had major companies like Sony and, and Microsoft and then pull out of E3 um, which Sony has done, uh, did last year too. And Nintendo hasn't technically really been there to present in years, uh, besides their, their pre-recorded Nintendo directs. Um, so E3 has been kind of having issues the last couple of years. And I think this has given them the opportunity where their event fell apart because completely because of COVID-19, this gives them a year to try to reinvent themselves and create a whole new, convention experience based around the gaming industry um there's not a whole lot to go on here about actual facts so the reason why i brought put this in zillabytes is i just wondered to ask you guys is what is something that you would like to see e3 and its creators do for e3 2021 so what what's something that you would like to see them you know do i i back in the day said they need to act more like packs and they did that and I saw a positive and a negative to it, but you know, um, I kind of think that if you're going to make this event, there needs to what needs to happen, and this was what I would pick is it needs to have a industry uh, days, almost like almost like the auto show. Think of the auto show in the sense of like the first couple days or the first day is industry only, and then it opens to public for the week or whatever. And so I would like to see that type of that type of design where industry still gets the the feel that they can go in and do their work and get their coverage and do what they need to do to, to be viable and then build a experience for the fan that doesn't necessarily just trample over each other every year. What about you, Dead Eye? I want E3 to embrace esports a little bit more i want there to be big tournaments the week of e3 i want there to you know and and it can be whatever the top shooter top fighter you know top moba is that year i want them to host tournaments featuring those games you know e3 runs like four or five days well that means that each day could be highlighted a different highlighted different genre in a different game or something like that. Or, you know, you can take um, you could have it be like a celebrity event where you're taking some of the best streamers and like the all these guys that play Fortnite and all these guys that play Apex. And guess what? They're playing Call of Duty Warzone today in this like, you know, like just do fun things with the esports community, the streaming community to draw some attention and uh, create events outside of just game announcements. Yeah, what about like an all-star weekend? I mean, yeah, yeah you know, like build, build something around that where it's like you can have like a skill competition and then like a, like like you say, a, a tournament or something like that. That would be cool. 
Um, there's yeah. some good ones in the mixer chat, but I want Mickey to answer first before I read those. Um, I think they need to do like um, like what you said. Um, I think they need to make the event uh, go back to it being just for the media, the uh, the press. That way, they can get what they need to uh, to deliver. You know, to us. You know, what's what's needed. And to mix it along that same time is they need to do a web presence. Um, you know, so, you know, that they, they would be cutting it off for the public. Um, they need to do like, you know, the web shows have the web timing so people can, can jump in and take a look at the, um, at the event live. And then they could have like time limit exclusives. So for instance, um, they'll have a demo that's going from the time of E3 up until that weekend. You can only play it in that small window um to check out the games you get more people to get hands on it to get excited for it because you know if you go I'm, you i think you've been you've seen those those lines they're they're ridiculous and you don't always get a chance to play what you want to play i've been in those lines i definitely know i definitely know the pain that you're talking about for sure and i've avoided the lines of something i really wanted to play and just said well it's not happening and that's unfortunate so i do that idea is really good where it's like hey what's happening here needs to be available uh, for the people that aren't attending or that couldn't get through that line. And so that's a good idea. Um, the Games Little Media on Mixer, the chat here, Spidey2KX came in and said, different cities make it a tour. That's a really cool idea because E3's in California, in Los Angeles, like every year. So... There's there's people across the world across the world and across obviously North America that want to go to this event that don't. Um, so having it travel could be really cool. I mean, you know, you're taking a taking a page out of say like Riot Games and how they move their championship around for North America every every year. Um, that could be that is an interesting idea. The logistics of that is is always the question is finding that state-of-the-art facility that can provide you with what you need every year um i think if you do that you could see companies like microsoft and playstation come back to you because they can't simply say oh well you're in the same place every year i'm just going to go across the street to the theater here rent that and not be part of e3 so they could still technically do that but then they're not in the same you know that that whole area of the city just like PAX every time it launches becomes like this just gaming center where gamers are just going everywhere go to all the bars, to all the restaurants, to everything. And for the, for the whole time of the event, and it really just creates an experience across the entire area. So places like people like, you know, teams like Microsoft and Sony want that. They want that foot traffic. They want those fan bases to be able to come experience their per, their own um, Sony Xbox experience. So Nintendo experience. But yeah, I would like to see that. Um, I mean, we can't say anybody. And that's the interesting thing is that we can't say any other gaming convention does that. PAX has multiple shows, but they're always in the same spot. You have the Boston, the Seattle, the, the San Antonio, and Australia. They don't rotate. They don't move. So could E3 become that show that does move? That might. That's not a bad idea. I think that's kind of cool. Um yeah, but and Pool of Vision also agreed on that with the uh, with Spidey saying that he would. Uh, it should be a traveling show for the demos so that people across the states can get all the chance uh, the chances to get in. Um, and I think Miggy's idea is that is that 
that nice piece to add to it that even if it moves, but you still can't attend, you can buy a virtual ticket like BlizzCon does and still have an experience, an E3 experience that someone that didn't buy that ticket can't have. So it doesn't necessarily need to be open to the public in the sense of like, oh, if there's a Resident Evil 8 demo at E3, everyone that has a PlayStation should be able to play it. Everyone that has a PlayStation that bought a E3 virtual ticket should be able to play it because that's why people will buy the virtual ticket. Same idea with BlizzCon. BlizzCon offers you these exclusives. Even if you don't go physically, you can buy that virtual package. They will they will mail you physical goodies and that virtual package gives you digital, you know, exclusives. So that's um I like those ideas. That is definitely some some good ideas. Um, other than I can't that, remember so often. Yeah, no, that, those are good. We should we should submit those to E three because they they need our help. Call us. Our last Zillabyte is uh, Amazon. Amazon developed sci fi shooter Crucible. It's coming out next month. So this is a interesting. Um, if if you haven't heard of it, it's because they they announced it back in twenty sixteen at TwitchCon, and we haven't really heard a whole lot about this game since. But it looked cool. But there are some like red flags for me that could be they could be awesome, but I just have bad taste in my mouth because of a game called Battleborn. I'm looking at you, Deadite. Uh, you should have a great taste in your mouth. It should just <laughs> taste like sweet candy. That is Battleborn. <laughs> Born for battle, yeah. <laughs> so Crucible is a sci-fi PvP shooter developed by Amazon's Relentless Studio, and it will release in May of 2020. Um, it was, it was due to be released in early March, uh, and released on the last day of that month, but the impact of coronavirus on marketing meant that the date was pushed back to April 14th and then once more into May. So, um, in order to relieve the pressure on teams involved is what it says. Very little is currently known about Crucible, but it was first announced, like I said, 2016 at TwitchCon, where it was said to be a class-based last man standing game. However... New York Times claims that it has been redesigned many times during development, so it remains to be seen exactly what mechanics it uses. But the class system does owe learnings to League of Legends and Dota 2. If you're not familiar with those games, they are what we call MOBA games. So it's a shooter with MOBA <laughs> leveling, pretty much which is what Battleborn tried to do and was a disaster. Now, when Battleborn released that idea, it sounded really cool. Hopefully, the Crucible could potentially do a better job with it, but it leads to the question of, is mixing MOBA with another style of game create too much of a learning curve for many gamers? And you have to think about the people that when you go play a shooter, you're used to just getting a gun and running around and letting your skill set be what makes you better or worse than others. Not having to get a gun, level yourself up, learn, buy certain items that give you an advantage, worry about, you know, things like uh, creep score, which is like killing NPCs to get currency to be able to buy items faster than another guy which then gives you a power boost and then you can go kill people because you have an advantage so you know it's a really cool idea i just don't know that the two worlds mix well because we haven't seen 
a successful mix of these two genres yet that I'm aware of. Yeah, if we're comparing it to Battleborn, I I enjoyed the story mode in Battleborn. Like I, I like the gameplay aspect. I like the characters and the world that they built. But the problem was, as soon as I get into a competitive game, I I die like twice, and then all of a sudden, everyone my opponent is way out level over me, and I'm just getting steamrolled. And I never felt like I could get back into the game because I'm not a fan of MOBAs. That's not something I'm used to. I'm used to honestly losing all the time at any shooter anyway but at least i only have my bad skill to blame it's not like someone gets over leveled and they're steamrolling me and i feel like it's unfair at that point um so i i feel like if that aspect of it i got frustrated with battleborn i'd get frustrated with this as well yeah so and someone asked in the mixer to break down moba a little bit more for people that live under a rock as they said so uh, that'd be pool vision asking moba which is multiplayer online battle arena is a game that pretty much the goal is you have two bases you have you have uh, obstacles in between those bases and your team has to be able to take those obstacles down, get to the other play, other team's base, destroy it before they do the same to you. That's the overall concept there. Now what, why MOBA is unique on top of that versus, you know, that's just kind of like tower defense almost, right? Is within MOBA, your characters level every game. So every game you start at level one and you have to kill NPC objects. You have to try to bully in your lane or in, in you know, whatever, whatever the, the game design ends up having you have to bully the other team and try to gain usually a currency advantage with more currency means I can buy more items because there's a shop that I have to go to and I have to buy things for my type of character. So in a shooter, I would imagine I can buy better guns or better components for my guns. So now, unlike a battle royale or a you know standard Call of Duty mode where I just load out my gun and, and because I'm a level 100 overall, I have all these components I can just add to my gun and have them every time I start the game. Here, every game, I have to earn that barrel attachment. I have to earn that scope attachment. I have to earn those things, you know, and I do that by getting a gold advantage, getting those items before the other team does so that I have a advantage to the game. Sure, the mechanics still can play into that if I'm better a better at being at a shooter for this example, then maybe I don't need as much of advantage and I can still do a good job. But as you snowball, it just gets easier and easier and easier. And the problem with Battleborn is that people didn't get that. They would drop into a game and they would just run at each other and fight. And then one team would win over and over and over again, snowball, and then they would just mow down the other team. And there was never that that true feeling of a MOBA where like League of Legends where you know, you battle and maybe you fall a little bit behind, but you make a couple good plays and you crawl yourself back into the game and you end up winning because of momentum shifts. And so that's why MOBA feels so cool is it feels like, think of like football when a team has like, I don't know, 20 point lead or bigger. And you're like, wow, this is really a lopsided game. And something happens where you feel that momentum shift and the other team comes back and nine times out of 10, when that shift happens, that other team that comes back ends up winning. And we saw it in the playoffs, you know, in football playoffs with the Kansas City Chiefs this this year where they were down huge and came back and won. That's MOBA has that feeling a lot. And that's why it would be really cool if you can integrate that into a shooter 
you know, and, and create a whole nother layer to to what is just a first person shooter. Um, I think it could be a really neat idea. I just I just haven't seen it, and I don't know that the standard shooter players, people that love Call of Duty, that love Apex, that love whatever shooter you love, um, have the interest to add that layer of competition to their game. I think they're you know they're already kind of satisfied. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. A, a very important thing to think about involving that is sometimes when you play Overwatch, it's hard to get your teammates to do the simple objective of pushing the cart or guarding the yes. base. It's hard to get people yes. like to not just shoot and kill, but to actually play the objective. So yeah. what you're saying is it might be hard to get shooter fans on board with what the goals and the strategies are in a MOBA game. It might be hard because people have a hard time with Overwatch, and those goals are simple and clear. Overwatch is another really good example, but I mean, I think that that plays into that same game of like you can go into a shooter and play capture the flag mode where someone's running around and just cares about kills, and they don't understand that actually you want to control the points, right? So like that happens in shooters across the board. How many times did we play Destiny Control? and get frustrated because our randos were not doing what they needed to do and we would lose the round because of it. Overwatch is a great example of that, but Overwatch found a way to be successful even though we've experienced that. Battleborn did not. And Owl Zero does make a good point in the mixer chat saying um, Battleborn could have been around still if it wouldn't have released two day, you know, several days before Overwatch did. It, it, yeah, it, it definitely had a window that did, did not favor it, but at the same time, the the uh, learning curve of that game and the lack of a good tutorial killed that game. It, it, it destroyed that game. There were more problems with Battleborn besides just that. I mean, you remember the delays that Gearbox had with Battleborn and understand that like there was a lot of hope for that game back in 2015 when I was at PAX West. It was like a focus point of the entire show. And then it got delayed for almost a year. So I, um, I just don't want to like this game looks interesting and it, and Amazon is new to the whole developer publisher side of things when it comes to gaming. So it should be interesting. This could be nothing. This could be a blip on the radar that no one cares about, but it is that next attempt at a really interesting hybrid of genres when it comes to shooters and MOBAs somehow working together. So it has my attention because I do enjoy both of those style games and I'd like to see one that's balanced and makes sense that people can enjoy that, that, you know, think of this like that. You're no offense, but you're not the best shooter, first person shooter player. I did just say that uh, about three minutes ago. I just want to say it again. I usually lose on my own fault. I just want you right. And so, <laughs> think of a think of a MOBA game where you don't have to be the best shooter because if you can strategically plan your game where you gain an advantage, then someone that isn't the best sniper or the or, or just the best person at doing DPS could have that advantage and actually still win fights and still win games because they want a different aspect of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, that, that's how, I, that's why I like league. I am not the best league player, but I know that I can make certain plays that let me get items faster. And when that happens, all of a sudden I can win lane and it's not because I'm necessarily the better player Overall, it's because I won that game and I won that strategy and the next game, the strategy could be completely different and I have to figure it out. And that's also where 
Games don't get as don't get old as fast. They don't. It doesn't feel stale. It doesn't get like Overwatch, where it's just the same shit over and over and over again, and and you're tired of people not listening to you, and you're tired of just failing. League of Legends and and games with where MOBA could can work right and balance right, like Dota and stuff, create a experience where where each game does feel different. And yes, you'll get games that are similar, but each game feels different. Where in a shooter. A shooter gets to it slowly becomes just a shooter, and when you know someone's better on the other end, they're just better on the other other on the other end. So when that happens, you've kind of hit a wall. And I feel like when you add that MOBA layer into it, you could you could kind of turn that wall into a step into actually steps where it's like, well, I could actually beat this guy if I do A, B, and C before he does. Could be cool. All right, uh, we're gonna get into our discussion, but that was the atop- that's our attack on the news for these topics and much more. Please visit gameslemedia.com where you can watch the YouTube videos, you can listen to all the other podcasts, you can read the blogs, and uh, just absorb all the content that we're making here at Gameslem Media. And yeah, that's uh, that's our attack on the news for episode three hundred seven. Our discussion piece this week is pretty simple. We're all stuck in quarantine. We've been focusing things around quarantine. So we're going to do something cool. It is you're in quarantine and you get to pick three games. And that's it. What are the three games you're going to pick? Give us a, you know, a, short, a short reason why. And uh, we're going to start off with Deadite. Yeah, so... We started, you know, trying to come up with the idea a little bit earlier today, and it was like, it's like the desert island idea. Like, if you three games with you, because that's the hypothetical situation we want to play. If we're locked in our homes and we can only have three games with us, what do we want? And right away, first game that came to mind, it's a no-brainer, and it's no surprise from anyone that knows me. First thing I'm grabbing is Breath of the Wild. It's immersive. It's long. You can adventure forever. You can put so many hours into the game. It's a great game to just be locked up. I would just restart my file if I had no other games to play, and I would be happy to relive that adventure, play for hundreds of hours, um, and just be caught up in the the calming, adventurous world of Breath of the Wild. You want to go through all three, or are we rotating one by one? Let's rotate. Let's rotate. And I'm just saying, if there's someone here that didn't put a lot of time into Breath of the Wild beyond the show, maybe now would be a good time for them. Okay. All right. So <laughs> I don't know if you're hinting at me, but I, that's not going to happen. Um, Play it. Play it. <laughs> um, okay. So I'll go next. One of my picks would be, and I just got talking, got done talking about why it'd be League of Legends. Um, so. The the game itself would be a ever changing game where every game like it doesn't like I can get frustrated with it and that's why I need to walk away and that's why I'm glad I got two other games but it is that competitive avenue that I can't really ever perfect and even when I feel like I'm my best a meta change can just completely change the game and make me have to relearn something 
all over again. So for me, it's that competitive avenue that I want to have in one of my games that is going to give me the most value for my time, and that's League of Legends. Mickey? Well, I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way, and uh, my first pick is going to be Minecraft. Mainly because of uh because of Owl. So um if if Owl was posed the same question, hopefully he would pick that game and uh yeah, it'd be a great way to great way to stay connected. But um but um if not, I mean even diving into that game um uh just solo, uh there's so much to to explore, so much to find. There's things that I'm still learning about the game. Um so yeah, I could I could possibly, you know, uh spend a ton of time uh in that game. All right, Dead Eye, number two. My next game is actually a little bit surprising because it's a game that I, I've had a lot of fun with for like the four or five hours I've played it. Um, but I don't talk about the fact that I've played it a lot. Uh, the next game I'd recommend is Stardew Valley. It's available pretty much on every platform, including mobile phones. If you're tired of not having a job to go to, why not be a farmer in a video game? Uh, you could put 100 hours into building up your farm and you get social interaction with the, with the different people that live in the town, giving them gifts and that sort of stuff. Um, it's an inexpensive game, you know, it retails for normally 15 bucks. Uh, and, and it's, it's fun. If you, so if you miss going to work now, get, get a digital job in Stardew Valley. What's social interaction? Yeah. Right. It's also, uh, there is online co-op cross platform. So if you're playing it on switch, and your friend has it on switch, you guys can farm together. Nice. Uh, okay, my number two is staying in the realm of uh, competitive, but again, has many modes, uh, is a lot of fun, and I feel like I can play it with people that have never played and and pros at the same time, and that's Rocket League. I think Rocket League, uh, it, it, it hits the itch for me when it comes to soccer, uh, which is a sport I really love. And then at the same time, it's just fun. The customization of the game and the cars and everything are fun. The way that, that uh, I can I can get into online competitive or I can stay more casual. I can play offline and go through a season with AI. And overall, it's just that's my more my laid back game where I can um, have a lot of fun with it. So Rocket League number two. Make it. Uh... Uh, let's see. My number two is going to be Skyrim. Mm, um, okay. Yeah, put put so much time into the end of that game. Um, and, you know, a little known fact, I have yet to complete it. So, I mean, I think it will be fun to just explore that world um, and just, you know, see what I miss and find out all the lore. Um, if I'm trying to train on a desert island, well, if I'm training in quarantine forever, then, uh, you know, talk to every single person in that game and uh, find out, uh, you know, about what's going on. Number three, my last game. Uh, I, I thought about this a little bit and I decided I want to have a game that I could play with my wife and I want to recommend a game that if you're locked up with uh, with a significant other or children, uh, it's a game that you can play co-op and enjoy being locked up with someone else. And it's available multiple platforms. It's inexpensive. And that's Rayman Legends. It's just the best co-op platformer out there. It, it, it scales up 
So you can start on the first level. It just gets harder. The levels are fun. They're diverse. Um, every time you're changing levels, it feels like you, there's a different mechanic or something different about it that just keeps it feeling fun. And you never really get frustrated even with the really difficult levels because it's a die, repeat, die, repeat, a limited live kind of thing. Um, it's a game that I know we talk about a lot over the years of just recommending of being a game that people sleep on because it's not uh it's not mario it's not you know like a the big marquee platformer it's rayman which has always kind of been looked at as a side franchise but it, you can get it for 10 to 20 bucks on either switch playstation 4 i'm sure it's on xbox i, I don't know that for sure um but you can play it a lot of places is, yeah. and and it's something great if i'm stranded it's a game i want to have with me and if you're locked in your house which unless you're listening in some weird part of the world that isn't locked in their house uh, I'd recommend you download it today and play it with your family. Yeah, Rayman Legends is great. Uh, I've enjoyed that game many times on multiple platforms. Uh, my third pick is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. So I'm looking for that. I, I picked a couple of competitive online multiplayer games, games that I kind of, like League of Legends, where I have to play with others. Um, Rocket League, where I have a choice. Now I'm going to pick that single-player game that I can dive down into and perfect and so those of you that know me i love metroidvania games and so for me this is that op ori and the will of the wisp was a is a great game i've completed it but i want to do a hard run through on it i want to try to get every achievement on it which one of the achievements is don't die so <laughs> so i'm gonna need a lot of time to practice that and uh, and if i only have three games that doesn't that way i'm not super distracted from trying to do it um but yeah if you're looking for platforming on you know some of the highest highest like the the best design game design out there ori is is up there if you're looking for a metroidvania game that doesn't hold your hand but also doesn't make you lost um it's just a good balance ori is that game so for me, I would like to, it, it's going to be that game that, that like I'm passionate about on a single player level that I can play multiple times and try to be do some speed runs and just perfect the game where I become an expert at that game. Where I talked about the other games not being able to really ever become perfect, trying to become perfect at this game and just being it being one of my go tos um, when it comes to comes to that. And then coming out of quarantine and being able to go to awesome games done quick and speed run it. Neat. Miggy, what do you got? My final, my final selection. Uh, it's I would actually go with the Mass Effect trilogy, like the, the Mass Effect collection that they put all in like one. Um, like that is like my hands down favorite game series. And I would love to actually like just to be able just to dive in there again, talk to everyone in the, uh, in the universe, find out the story that's going on in there and relive a lot of those key moments um, that, uh, that turned me on to the game, except for the elevator ride in the first one. But uh, yeah. Yeah. My pick. Yeah. And also you gain value with being able to replay the game and make different choices that could, uh, make different relationships, you know, and, and all that type of stuff. So, yep. yeah, replayability. You like it. Well, that's our picks, right? I, I don't, did I skip you? Everybody got three in there, right? 
Got sure. three. Okay, so Got those three. are our picks. We want to hear your picks. I am going to read a few of them off from the Mixer chat. Uh, we have Lord Valdor here. Um, Ark, why? Uh, because of Pete and Riptide, which are two uh, dinosaurs that he has in our server that mean a lot to him. Uh, Atlas, why? Because uh, he likes building ships. City Skylines, why? Because he likes that type of game. No two cities are alike. And uh, he threw a bonus fourth game in there because he likes to break the rules. And that's Neverwinter uh, because it's new to him and he's enjoying it. Cool. Uh, we saw Bach come in here and say Ark as well. Diablo. And he said Call of the Wild. Do you mean Breath of the Wild? I wonder if he meant Breath of the Wild. I don't know. Um, Bach, if you're still here, you can clarify that. Um, the... And then Owl Zero chimed in with, of course, League of Legends, Minecraft, and League of Legends. <laughs> so he'd only take two games in. Crap, I think I messed up one of my. Answers. Why wouldn't Why <laughs> wouldn't you go League of Legends, Minecraft, Dragon Seeds? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Anyways, um, that's an inside joke for Owl Zero. Anyways, thank you for <laughs> thank you for your input there in the chat. And if you want to let us know what games you would pick for, if you only were allowed three games during quarantine, what would they be and why? Then you want to join the Discord, and you can do that by just going to gameslittlemedia.com, clicking on that community tab, and clicking join Discord button. Uh, talk with gamers from around the world every day. That's where we hang out when we're not doing the podcast, and you can just jump into the Games Little Podcast channel. And that's where you can leave your answers. What three games would you pick and why? All right. That pretty much wraps out epi- wraps up episode 307. So thank you for tuning in. Remember gameslomedia.com for all your content. Thank you to our patrons. Dede, did you have anything else you wanted to say? I didn't know if we wanted to do any gaming moments of the week. We don't have to. Oh, yeah, Gaming Moments of the Week. I guess I kind of forgot about that, eh? <laughs> we we can do them quickly. You're in, you and I shared a Yeah, mine's yours, I would imagine. Absolutely. Uh, so we had an uh, a impromptu Rocket League community uh, night, so uh, it was just cool to see uh, the many people in our Discord come together and just say, like, who wants to play Rocket League tonight? And it's a game that I had sort of put down since, like, September or August, and... Uh, definitely sucked back in i'm definitely back into playing i'm not as deep as grim who went ahead and uh bought the rocket yeah yeah Yeah. so no i had a really good time it was uh super cool to play the game with people that knew what they were doing and first timers so we were trying to balance the teams to try to make it a fair match so that they would learn and we would all still be competitive and i thought we did a really good job with that and so um it was a lot of fun uh, I see Poolavision in the chat right now, somebody that joined us, but also joined us with their wife. And he says, after last Thursday, my wife now only wants to play Rocket League. Not a bad good. problem. That's good. So, yeah, we'll good. have to we'll have to set up another Rocket League session like that. Um, it was a lot of fun. I was able to stream it. So I had a, I had a really good time and we played. I wasn't sure how long we would play. We played all night. I mean, we played until people were like, all right, I'm going to bed. And we were still playing Rocket League. And it brought people out that I haven't played video games with in 13, 14 years. So that was really cool, mm-hmm. too. So, I mean, it was a lot of fun. It, the community night rekindled friendships. It allowed new people to experience a game that's been out for a long time to realize they like it. And overall, it was just uh, it was a really fun night. So, yeah, that that's uh, my gaming moment of the week. And... 
and Deadite's gaming moment of the week. Yep, Grant, you know, if you if you're new to the show, there was a year where I'm not sure we went more than a week with one of us just going, yeah, I just played Rocket League this gaming week move like because we were just playing so much Rocket League for a year and a half solid. So it is nice to get back to it. Miggy, did you uh, have a game moment of the week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so try to tell us tell us real quick. Um, but uh, 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 I think it was Friday or Saturday. It might have been Saturday or could have even been Sunday. But uh, I decided to just chill um, and play some Minecraft. Um, simply working on a project, trying to make a railway and do some like some renovation, everything um, on my new base. So I, um, working on the inside of the base, I uh, decide, you know, I'm going to go outside and start working, you know, laying some tracks down, you know, making this railway to go back to uh, where, where Owl had built. So I make my way outside. Thunderstorm starts to happen and I uh, head outside to get above ground and I look in the distance and I see something unfamiliar. I'm like, what the heck is that? So I go to approach it and it's a skeleton horse. I have never seen a skeleton horse in the game. I thought it was so cool. So I went to approach it to, uh, you know, maybe see if I could tame it or ride it or whatever. And as soon as I approached it, it got struck by lightning and split into the four horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> oh, good. And I, I freaked out. Like the first time this game freaked me out, I ran. And what was so creepy about it, one of them was chasing me. One of them, I was like hiding behind the tree and it was chasing me. And there was one, like three of them had silver helmets on. They were enchanted. And another one had, had the gold helmet. I guess that was the leader. The gold, the one in the gold helmet sat in the front and the two in the silver helmets sat, uh, stood behind him. And one of them was chasing me. And the others did not move until I killed the one guy that was chasing me. And I tried to approach the other two and take them out. It was it was horrifying. Like while I'm running from, it's raining heavily. There's thunder. There's lightning, and I, I that freaked me out. Like that moment stuck with me. I'm like, every time I play this game, I'm finding something else out, and this just like put the icing on the on the cake. Like it was creepy. That's cool. That's cool. Well, those are our gaming moments of the week. We want to hear your gaming moments of the week. And you do that, like I said, in the Discord where we're all hanging out every day. So jump in there, hit that GameZilla podcast channel, and let us know what you're doing while you're in quarantine and what are some of your highlights. And, uh, yeah, if you want to game it up, that's uh, also a great place to look for a group and team up and have fun gaming. So just like we did with Rocket League and and uh, many other games on a uh, nightly basis. So, all right. That's episode 307 of the GameZilla podcast for real this time. Uh, we want to thank everybody that came and hung out on Mixer.com slash GameZilla Media every Monday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Everybody that listens to us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you listen to this podcast, thank you so much. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you share this show out to all your gaming friends. And let's keep, uh, let's keep growing this podcast. So... Uh, anything else from my team here, Deadite or Player One, Mickey? We damn well know that you are locked in your house, and that is no better time to acquaint yourself with the other great shows that are produced on the GameZilla Media Network. That includes the Legend of Retro Retro Gaming podcast. Go ahead and go back to episode one and start the adventure that is Noobs and Dragons, our tabletop gaming Dungeons and Dragons podcast, Noiseland Arcade, Simpsons podcast, Last Action uh, podcast, all about action movies. Go ahead and uh, go back and give some of those shows a listen. I'm, I know you'll love the 
the shows there. And uh, for anyone who is a Noiseland Arcade fan, they are going on a brief hiatus. So now is a great time to catch up and watch along with those Simpsons episodes and, and get caught up to be ready for when uh, Craig and Sean are releasing new episodes. Yeah, and and once again, the Discord is a great place. Every show has its own channel. So even if that show is not making new content right now because they are not able to do a remote session like we are, um, you can still communicate with them and talk to them and stay up to date with when they think they might have some new content coming out or maybe just want to talk about The Simpsons or action movies or, or Dungeons & Dragons. You can go do that in the Discord uh, with these with these uh, content creators and it's a great way to just kind of keep keep communicating keep keep being together in the community uh, as we go through this um you know this crisis together and then when we come out of it everything will get we'll get back to go get back to recording and get back to producing content and uh we'll be right where we left off so all right well thank you again and uh, this has been episode 307 of the Games Love Podcast. Remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game on. Game, game on. on.